Welcome to the Infertile Mafia. That's Sarah. And that's Kayla. And today we're talking about the egg retrieval. Take two. Yeah. I've already we, tried this once. We had some internet issues. We had such a, a good second. joke and then it flopped because <laughs> you didn't hear it. Well, I said that the episode title makes me think of golden showers. <laughs> Anyone else? <laughs> Because it's I was, called the Golden Retrieval. I know. And I was thinking, oh, it's a play on Golden Retrievers. And people will think of dogs. Unless or, you're Sarah. You think of Golden <laughs> Showers. <laughs> yeah. Or you could think like Golden Egg, like from Charlie and the Chocolate Factory. Oh, I want a golden ticket. Da, 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 do, do, do. And she's That's like, a, I want, what is it? What does she say? I want it now. She wants everything. <laughs> Veruca salt. Veruca. Veruca. A little bitch. <laughs> she is a whiny bitch. I'm trying real hard not to raise girls like that. <laughs> Me too. I mean. I mean, I think even when I watched that as like a six-year-old, when she went, you know, like, oh, laid a bad egg and she went down in the thing, the incinerator, I was like... Slow clap. <laughs> Even as a six-year-old. Like, that's what she gets. You know, when you watch that movie as an adult, you're like, what the hell's happening? <laughs> it's so weird. Someone was very high when they uh-huh. were like, the oh, for sure. berries taste like schnozberries. <laughs> My question Listen. is, why are all the grandparents in the same bed? <laughs> Like it's on, true because on the other sides, like right, they're not related, but they all share a bed because they're poor, and you can't sleep four in a row. I mean, if you just think about the anatomy of the human body, you you get skinnier as you go down in theory. So all the legs can <laughs> in theory. <laughs> I mean, you know, <sighs> I guess that makes sense. But still, why are they all? I guess that's when both set of parents come love with you in their old age. Yeah. And there's only one person working in the family. Poor Charlie's mom. Does she even have a name? Just Charlie's mom. Yeah. Where's his dad? I don't know. Come on, Mr. Burning Bucket. questions here. <laughs> right? Charlie Bucket, right? Yeah. That's his name. Listen, Infertile Mafia, it's time to break through your glass ceiling. At the top of that elevator with the button that nobody pushes. Now is the time. This Push is your that year. Button. Push the button and break through. Wow. That sounds so <laughs> motivational. <laughs> and part sometimes the way you do that is with a golden retrieval. So you can so. get the golden egg. That's right. You all have golden eggs just waiting to be harvested. Yeah. We have a few... Uh, Mafia Matters before we get going on the golden retrieval first. Um, my first one I wanted to talk about was a follow-up from our last episode. Uh, we had a listener in Australia comment on... So we talked about how adoption is not a thing in Australia. And she confirmed that that's true and gave us a little bit of insight into it. So I wanted to read just a little bit. So she said... Hey, Sarah and Kayla, I'm from Australia. Oh, and Siri is talking to me. (laughs) Oh, I was going to tell you whenever people say, hey, Sarah, Siri comes on. (gasps) That's never happened to me. Hey, Sarah and Kayla. Oh, she did it again. (laughs) That happens all the time. If someone's like, hey, Sarah. I'm like, yeah. And then Siri's like, yeah, what can I do for you? I'm like, shut (laughs) up, Siri. They're talking to me. Wow. I know anyway. I, that's the first time I've ever experienced that. So I'm not going to read the salutation. <laughs> I'm from Australia listening to your latest episode. My husband and I considered adoption prior to fertility treatments and decided our chance of success would be low. International adoptions are rare in Australia, apparently because other countries prioritize rehoming, rehoming children at home. Infant adoptions are rare because of changed attitudes to single parenting, among other reasons. I'm not exactly sure what all of that implies, but 
So we talked about Hugh Jackman and his wife and how they ended up adopting two children from the United States because even they could not adopt them in Australia, even though they're like huge international celebrities. And he said, she says, Hugh Jackman's wife's name is Deborah Lee Furness. She's the founder of an organization called Adopt Change, which promotes changes to adoption laws in Australia with particular emphasis on kids in state care. Lots of celebrities here get on board to promote that, which is great. Did you know and that uh, her family invented the furnace? <laughs> Did you Google her while I was talking? No, I just made that up. Oh. So it's spelled F-U-R-N-E-S-S, but you don't know that. <laughs> I don't know that. <laughs> so it took me a minute, but I was like, now I gotcha. <laughs> I, was, I got it. I got it. So I like the Sarah. I loved that corny joke. That was that was golden. Thank you. So she, she is... About to do a second embryo transfer, or actually probably already did, because she wrote this last week. So, Caroline, good luck. Yeah. I hope it goes great, and thanks for giving us, giving us that update on adoption in Australia. Um, oh, the other thing, so we always want to plug when we find free money for people. Free money? So, free money. found five dollars. Exactly. And another way, well, two things then. So Baby Quest Foundation is doing an IVF grant. I don't know all the details about like what their qualifications are or anything like that, but the deadline is February 14th. It's babyquestfoundation.org. Go to their website, apply for the grant, and you could possibly get a free round of IVF covered. Woohoo! So, so it's pretty much just a grant foundation for it's just yes fertility treatment grants. Exactly. And yeah. speaking of free money, if you want to donate to Resolve, just write us a review in Apple Podcasts or on iTunes, and we're going to donate five dollars to Resolve for every re- every. That's hard to say. Every review we receive. <laughs> And we might read the reviews on the podcast if you want to hear them. So you had an article about a missing protein. Missing protein. I'm looking at this now. I'm like, I don't remember this. Oh, it's a, they, scientists have found a protein, a missing protein that help may, may help explain why uh, some people with endometriosis are infertile. Really? So, yeah. What's the protein? I'm trying to look, but Science News has a stupid pop-up that I can't... <laughs> okay, but we'll link the article in the show notes. Yeah, just... You, you might want to read it yourself instead of having me just read it to you. Because you guys know how that goes when we try to be, yeah. read medical jargon. <laughs> Plus, the website's not working out so well for me. And well, um, they have found it in mice. So, oh, who knows? Classic mice, goes. always on the front line. So, speaking oh, of, I can I can tell you that it's all coming back to me now that I see the website. Um, people with this missing uh, piece of protein in their genetics have more collagen in their uterus, so it. Oh, makes uh, fibrous areas that develop an endometriosis. Hmm. Hey, Doc, but, could you take the collagen from my uterus and put it in my lips? I was going to just <laughs> say my face. My face. I was looking isn't, at my forehead today thinking, should I get Botox? Isn't that a thing people do with their butt fat? Ooh, I don't know. Don't they take fat? from their butt and stick it in their face i don't think people want to remove fat from their butt nowadays true fat from from their stomach muffin top yeah nobody nobody wants a muffin top no (laughs) i don't know 
Okay, so speaking of endometriosis, or were you done? I'm done. Oh, okay. So that reminds me of this headline that caught my attention about adenomyosis, which for anyone who's unfamiliar is like the ugly stepsister of endometriosis. It's like endometriosis on the inside of your uterus. Which is weird to me because I always think of endometriosis as the lining of your uterus just not being inside of your uterus. Mm -hmm. So it's not, I guess, what I think it is. No, I think that's still right. It's like excessive tissue inside the uterus, I think. Like Mm. not a normal amount of uterine lining. It's just even more. Like too much. Too much. It's over... It's it's very overreactive. And so this headline that I saw was from endometriosis.net. And it says over 75% of women with endometriosis also have adenomyosis. Could you be at risk? Learn more. Click on this link. This was on Instagram that I saw it. And I click on the link and I can't find that stat anywhere. So I'm suspicious. So, so you think someone made it up? Well, I don't know. Aren't so, most stats really just made up? I mean, can't you find data to support anything these days? Yeah. Is anything empirical? Where are we? What's <laughs> happening? So I tagged, I posted that. I'm sure you saw Sarah in our Instagram account. And I tagged as many Aries as I could find. And I was like, is this real? Is this a thing? Is it is it true that 75%? I just feel like that was a shocking statistic because what we do know about adenomyosis is if you actually have that diagnosis, it is really not great for your chances of sustaining pregnancy, depending on how bad it is and where it is. Mm-hmm. So I asked them, like, would you guys be willing to speak to this? Is this true? And some of them actually commented. So I want to share a couple of them. Do you mind? No, go ahead. There's just two. There's just two. So this some one's... of them. Uh, just <laughs> no. <people> commented. <laughs> no, these are two, two Aries. <laughs> Lots of people commented on it. But so the first one's from at her name is at infertility Dr. Perfetto. She's in Houston. She says, I can't comment on the statistic as I need to look for the data, but adenomyosis is a major issue. I have a handful of patients with fluid in their lining. I don't know what RIF. RIF of euploid embryos, reoccurrent. I don't know. Um, And I'm convinced that adenomyosis is the issue. Definitely my failure. Yeah, maybe so. Reoccurrent implant. Yeah, recurrent implantation failure. I bet that's what okay. Yep. Um, I'm convinced adenomyosis is the issue. Definitely, my lowest success rates in IVF are from adenomyosis. So she didn't confirm or deny the statistics. She's not sure, but she confirms that adenomyosis is is a, you know, it's an issue. And then the other one is from at fertility specialist dr barker she agrees with the one i just read i'm not sure what data is out there to link the two i don't find it extremely common in my own patients to have both so that would go against that statistic Hmm. um and then she she talks about how it's diagnosed typically you theorize by symptoms painful heavy periods ultrasound bulky uterus on an HSG, it can look like barbed wire around the uterus among... I know, doesn't that sound awful? It does. She says, that's my real medical talk there. I'm like, no, thank you. That's a perfect description that we can all understand. <laughs> um, it's diagnosed with MRI, but traditionally by pathology when you submit the uterus after it's taken out after a hysterectomy. Yeah. Well, you don't want to be, if you're trying to have a baby, you don't want to be. You, you don't know. want to be taking out your uterus. Yeah. Yeah. In rare cases, an adenomyoma can be taken out in a wedge, but this is rare. It's not like fibroids. It's more embedded and doesn't come out as well. Most of the time, there's nothing we can do but hope and pray and embryo sticks. <sighs> That's not what you want to hear. No. 
But I but it doesn't I mean, she at least was like, I don't see this in all my patients with endometriosis. So I just felt like 75%. That's crazy high. It's kind of fear-mongering. Right. And you know how I feel about clickbait media. Yeah. (laughs) You've all heard me talk about that. We don't like it. We don't like it. That's why we don't do it. So let's end on a positive note. Before we talk about the egg retrieval, yeah. we're getting there. We got we're the sweetest there. email from a mom, a mom from of a, a infertile. I know it's the sweetest. And why don't you read it so that Siri doesn't talk to me? Okay, it says hi, <laughs> Kayla and Sarah. I don't think Siri would have talked to you with that one. Just a quick thank you for being there as a source of information for the mothers out there of daughters going through the infertility maze it's like oh moms read or listen to us i know that's so sweet and also sorry about some of the things we talk about (laughs) (laughs) after a year and a half of trying to conceive naturally with no luck my daughter started fertility treatments last spring with two iuis that resulted in one short-lived pregnancy in July. She and her husband decided to advance to IVF in the fall with a single frozen embryo transfer successfully completed in December. She is now almost eight weeks pregnant. Sadly, she's not very excited about being pregnant. I guess she doesn't want to get too attached, just in case. Thank you for your generous spirit to help others. You've helped explain some really scary stuff to this mom so I can spare asking too many questions of my daughter and son-in-law. Bless you. And then she said her name. Yeah. And we are happy to be your buffer. (laughs) Yeah. I would totally... Yes. Being a buffer for the questions. Yes. In fact... Send us an email if you have any weird questions. You're like, should I ask my child this who's going through infertility? My adult child. Right. Or should I ask some strangers on the internet? <laughs> Definitely go with strangers on the internet. Always. Yes. No, because, but we just thought yeah. that was so sweet. Yeah. yeah. We've had people ask how to make, like, what what's the right way to get parents to stop asking questions? Like, their parents. Right. Right. Um... We, yeah, that question comes up a lot in our Facebook group, (laughs) it seems like. Um, And it's, well, it's people you love. These are not like the weirdos on the street or people that you don't really care about their relationship. These are people trying to be supportive of you, but they're still driving you crazy. Um, Yes. Because of their questions or their, quote, suggestions on what you should do. We did a whole episode on this. Episode number 23 word to your mother is what it's called (laughs) so we talked it was directed exactly at that group of people so you know if you've got that aunt that just keeps telling you to relax or put your hips up after sex or stand on your head or drink some weird tea or go see this shaman just have them listen to that episode Speaking of stupid-ass advice, (laughs) I saw a comment on this YouTuber's video who's like a makeup guru. Her name's Taddy or something. I don't know. But she said she was stepping back because her and her husband are doing fertility treatments or trying to start a family. I don't know if they're doing fertility treatments yet. But there was a comment on her video, and someone said, try knitting. No joke. (laughs) After years of infertility and after my fertility doctor told me it was not going to happen for me without donor eggs, I got pregnant at 40. I had taken up knitting, which is hands down the most relaxing thing ever. Better than Wrong. yoga or meditating. And you can do Wrong. it for many hours in a day. Wrong. And no, I will not be leaving my channel. Your channel. Blah, blah, blah. Nope. Anecdotal advice. Anecdotal advice is not empirical evidence. No. (laughs) So, and I don't think knitting will help her endometriosis. But no. 
It might help me gouge my eyes out when I'm going crazy. (laughs) Do you want me to stab you at this knitting needle? (laughs) That's that's like the only use I see for knitting needles. I never got into the knitting craze. Anyway, egg retrieval. Anyway, okay, yeah. So wasted enough time. I've wasted enough time blabbing. I'm sorry, Kayla. No, you're fine. Derailed. I think we've done an equal amount of blabbing. Okay. The, the last time we talked about the process of IVF was episode 46, Pull the Trigger. We talked about the trigger shot. So we're going we're going back into the IVF process today to talk about the egg retrieval because that would be your next step after your trigger shot. So right. I'll give a brief synopsis and I'm totally talking off the cuff. Like I have written nothing down. I'm not looking at a website. I'm going strictly off memory because... We have a special guest who's back in a minute. We will we'll share who that is. And then I wanted you to talk about the chick from the Vanderpump Rules. Okay. Yeah. I okay. will. Cool. So what is the egg retrieval? So basically what happens is you go to the hospital when you're nice and ripe. You've done all these stem drugs. You've pumped yourself full of hormones. You've got all these eggs and you go to the hospital. It is a surgery, but have no fear. There's no incisions. What? Um, I just went to my clinics both times. Oh, okay. Yeah. You're not, it's not always, you know, you could, it's not always in a hospital, but it should be in a medical facility. (laughs) Mine was in like the back of a van. Right. (laughs) Just kidding. (laughs) It was not in the back of a van. They told me to take some cocaine. I felt With great. Some dirty heroin needles. <laughs> I have hepatitis C now. Oh no. Worth <laughs> it. <laughs> kidding. 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 Totally kidding. So we so you go to the medical facility, you are sedated. It's not full on um, general anesthesia. It's more like a twilight anesthesia for most people. Isn't that what it's called? Twilight anesthesia, I think so. Which is Um, awesome. It's amazing. It's great. It's best nap um, ever. It it feels like a really really good nap. Mm -hmm. Um, One thing I didn't know about the egg, I I thought it would take longer than it did, but the actual procedure itself is actually very quick. Although you're not going to have any sense of time because you've been under this twilight anesthesia, so it really feels like you went to sleep and then woke right back up. I mean. You should have no pain or discomfort during the whole thing. I did have a little pain when they Uh-oh. put in the Uh-oh. drugs. Oh. oh, okay. I was like, oh no, she did to not put me feel... to sleep. Like I was laying there, and I was like, my arms burning. What's going on? Like, oh, I they missed the it. vein. No, like I could feel it going up my vein, and oh. it was like burning. And then the ceiling started moving, and then night night, I went to sleep. Right. <laughs> it was like the ceiling reminded me of that 70s show. Oh. When the people are high. Psychedelic. And they're getting a talking to from the parents and the walls moving behind the parents. Yeah. That's what the ceiling looked like. And I was like, whoa. And then I went to sleep. I have zero recollection. I must have had a good anesthesiologist. But um i do remember being extremely nervous about anesthesia and just about the egg retrieval in general and in some ways it's kind of one of the easiest parts of ivf i think actually um the egg like the egg retrieval itself yes yes, the actual procedure itself now what comes before it with stimming and what comes after it are with very different Yeah. (laughs) yeah But the actual procedure itself really isn't bad. It's like one of the kind of easiest things you can do. So what they do is with an ultrasound, they guide a catheter with a needle into your hoo-ha. Yeah, you should see Sarah's face. I mean, don't you? I feel like anytime you talk about needles and the vagina, it makes you recoil, as it should. That it must be like the same feeling guys get when you they hear get about kicked in the balls. Other guys getting kicked in the balls. Exactly. Yeah, I I would imagine. So the needle goes through the vaginal wall into the ovaries and sucks out the 
fluid and the egg in the follicles. And I remember my Ari describing it to me. She was like, it's so much fun. It's like I'm playing a video game. I just go in there and... (laughs) I want to try it. She was really, like, funny and not very... uh, Yeah. Doctory. (laughs) Not very doctory. (laughs) Right. Exactly. Um, What we're going to do now is insert a catheter. She didn't talk like that at all. Hey, at um, least you don't have to be awake for the thing. What's that called? The that thing. they put in? It looks like a duck mouth. Oh, yeah, the speculum. At least you don't have to be awake for that. Do they I use have, one of those? I would assume. I have long said the speculum is always the worst part of any procedure down there. Mm-hmm. I hate yeah. the speculum. Like, yeah. can we not come up with a better design for that piece of bullshit <laughs> material I know it's a necessary part of the procedure but there has to be a less archaic way to design that instrument what about like a hollow dildo a hollow dildo sounds great yeah <laughs> there you go we're trademarking it right now we should patent that so I just have you ever I've never seen the ultrasound needle in person I don't uh, think they show that to the patients for a reason. Well, yeah, because it's probably giant, right? It has to be. It has to be. It has to go through your vagi- vaginal. <laughs> yeah. Through your vaginal wall and then through the ovaries, right? Or yeah. kind of graze the top of them at least. I don't really know how it works. I'm just imagining it. Um, so, okay, before you talk about the girl, woman, lady, I don't know who, are, who is she on the Vanderpump Rules. How should I refer to her? What's her name? Sheena. Sheena. Before you talk about Sheena. Um, Spelled phonetically. <laughs> S-H-E-E-N-A? S-H-E-A-N-A. Oh, okay. Close enough. I, I always, like, read it as Sheanna. Oh, Sheanna, yeah. But that's not right. so before you talk about her we've got mandy back to do a minute with mandy segment she's gonna actually give you some proper medical speak on what the egg retrieval is what to expect from it all that good stuff um for anyone who's not familiar mandy is a registered nurse she's joined us on the podcast a few times in the past to talk all things infertility she's also a fellow infertile person we um what episode was that sarah when did we interview her i feel like we should give her another plug because it's been a while episode yeah she was i interviewed her in episode 10 on recurrent pregnancy loss so that was my interview with nurse mandy and we're happy to have her back so here's a minute with mandy So you've done your down regulation and your stimulation phase. Now it's time in your IVF cycle to retrieve those highly coveted eggs. Egg retrieval is considered a surgical procedure, but rest assured, no incisions are made and a twilight IV anesthesia is used over a general anesthesia. In some cases, patients will receive a prescription medication such as Ativan or a Valium to help calm any anxiety and also aid as a sedative during the egg retrieval procedure. While you are blissfully unaware and comfortably sedated, a needle with a catheter is carefully guided into the vaginal canal using ultrasound. The needle will then be inserted through the vaginal wall to gain access to the ovaries. Gentle suction will then be used to collect each mature egg from the follicles. It's generally a 10 to 15 minute procedure. And at this time, your male partner will then be asked to provide his sample so that the fertilization process can be started after the collection phase has been completed. You will be informed of how many eggs were mature and collected right away while you're in the recovery room. After the procedure is finished, you will be monitored for about an hour in the recovery area. You will need someone to drive you home as you may feel very groggy for quite a while that same day. Most, if not all, clinics will call you the very next day to inform you of how many eggs fertilized. 
After the procedure, you may experience mild cramping in your vagina and also your pelvis. You may experience some light spotting as well. Pain relievers like Tylenol are often very helpful in relieving any minor discomfort you may feel. If you experience nausea, vomiting, extreme bloating, weight gain of 5 pounds or more in a 24-hour period, heavy bleeding, fever, or notice a foul odor to your vaginal discharge after your egg retrieval procedure, please contact your clinic's emergency on-call number right away. It's rare, but sometimes complications such as infections do arise after egg retrieval. A more recognized complication after egg retrieval is ovarian hyperstimulation syndrome, also called OHSS. OHSS can occur in up to 20% of at-risk women who have increased levels of estrogen and or excessive amounts of follicles. It's caused by the empty follicles filling up with the fluid, and this fluid then begins to leak into the body where it should not be, such as the abdomen. This is referred to as third spacing, and it can actually be a very dangerous medical condition. If you have any signs of OHSS, even very, very mild symptoms, please contact your clinic's on-call emergency nurse line. This has been A Minute with Nurse Mandy. Okay, thanks so much, Mandy. That was that was way better than anything we could have said. So, I just I love like that we. I love that we have smart so friends. Yeah, they make you know? me feel like idiots, like <laughs> an idiot. I'm not multiple people. <laughs> you made me feel like an idiot. <laughs> I feel so stupid right now. I'm stupider than you. You know what makes me feel really stupid? What? When doctors are the same age as me. Mm. Why? Just, Let's I feel unpack like a that. loser. Why? Because I'm like, I could be a doctor by now if I <laughs> was good at science and wanted to be in school. Um, yeah, those last two things you said, if I was good at science and wanted to be in school, which you don't and you're not, so... You have other True. gifts to bring to the table that most doctors don't have. Levity is one like, of them. <laughs> I can knit. Listen, we all have gifts. Science <laughs> isn't one of them for either either one of us. I'm really good at procrastinating. Oh, man. What kind of a job is a professional procrastinator? What could you do? basically be a man <laughs> yeah peter is my, my husband does not procrastinate neither does mine so that was a gross general generalization of men and i was thinking more like the bachelor man who's like oh no, i'm just gonna like a procrastinate bro. a bro guy yeah 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 no i'm gonna hit the club again i know i'm 37 but yeah that's not not a good look he doesn't want to lock it down. He just wants to procrastinate on life. And pretend. Whoops. Whoa. Are you okay? What just <laughs> yeah. happened? My phone just fell off the table. I was rebelling against Siri. <laughs> okay, okay, so tell me I'm about tell Sheena. You about Sheena. So I watch the Vanderpump Rules while I'm procrastinating. <laughs> doing stuff. And Sheena is one of the people on that show. It's a show about uh, the servers at a restaurant in Los Angeles called Sir that is owned by Lisa Vanderpump, hence the name Vanderpump Rules. And Sheena had her eggs retrieved this last weekend, like in real time. She was talking about it on social media. and um, Of course. Yeah. So she is freezing her eggs. She's not doing IVF, but she's freezing her eggs because she wants to have children in the future, probably. And Assuming. As, yeah. She, she wants to, like, have the best chance of at having children if she gets to that point. So, yeah, I mean, most people don't go through an egg retrieval just for funsies. Yeah, she's doing it as, like, an insurance policy. And she has money, so it's, like, maybe it could be a tax write-off. I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) I don't think that's a thing. 
I have a feeling the doctor's doing it for free. Mm-hmm. But I don't know. But Hashtag anyways. perks of being an influencer. Yeah, so... But maybe she's paying for the whole thing and she's just, like, so excited about it that she's, like, hyping him up. But it's in Los Angeles. And it's, this sounds like a... Like... Egg factory? Yeah. Or a thing that... Almost like plastic surgery. Like an elective yeah. thing. Oh, for sure. And... You can get packages, and she said she got the concierge package. <laughs> so I guess you can go in, and they'll do the shots for you, which seems like a lot of time when you can just give yourself stupid. the shots. She That's said she did most of the shots, but she said it was so easy. I totally think everyone should do this if it's something you want to do. And people are kind of like we're bashing her of course because of course she's a social media person and they're like how can you and she said it was an easy process and it wasn't bad at all and people were like how can you say it's easy and got all mad which from her point of view i could see how it would be pretty easy like she gets injections in her face all the time (laughs) she's no stranger to injections yeah so she doesn't care about needles and like egg retrieval is not a big deal and she's off work she loves drama i mean she's just hanging out at home so it's not like she's up serving because she took time off i'm sure i don't are they really still serving there like at this point I don't know. I don't I don't watch it. So I have no I I don't know. It seems like most people would move on. But maybe she just goes in for a shift every now and then (laughs) to keep working there. But um, yeah, so she said it was an easy process. And painless. I think she probably got attacked by infertile people. (laughs) Yeah, well, and she only got 12 eggs, so it sounds like she wasn't overstimmed at all. Yeah, right, which helps. Like, yeah, the doctor's probably like, eh, you can do another retrieval. Of course. Yeah, let's do five more. Why not? I mean. So, I mean, I think that a lot of the pain afterwards comes from overstimming, mm-hmm. which for people like us, like, we're trying to get as many eggs the one time we do retrieval. Exactly. As possible. Like most of us aren't doing egg banking. Right. Or people, embryo banking. Depends on your situation. You might do it, but. Right. People listening to this podcast are usually not uh, doing egg banking. I mean, maybe there's some out there. But I'm kind of like, I mean, more power to you if that's what you want to do. And yeah. I'm glad she had a good experience with it. And, and that's, I mean, that's great. I, but, I think it's nice that she's being very public about it. Like, you can do right. it secretly. Right. Like yeah. most people would. Right. I, Yeah, I agree with that. I understand why it would, if you're in the throes of infertility, seem a little bit flippant to be like, it was no big deal. Because, yeah. you know, I'm trying to play both sides here because I, I understand why that attitude about an egg retrieval would be like, yes, it is a big deal, you know, because you've been pumped full of hormones, too, and you just cry at the drop of a hat. I get it. Well, and we were we were talking about this before we started, like, there's a huge difference between having your eggs frozen and doing IVF. Huge. What's It's way, like, totally different things. Totally different things. Just think about the emotional impact that when you're, I don't know how old she is, but like, let's say she's 27, 30. Yeah. And you're just thinking, I want to have kids someday. All I, you know, let me freeze my eggs before my fertility runs out. You, and that's the extent of it. And when you're going through. Then you can start drinking again. Like smoke weed. (laughs) You're not worried about a fertilization report. You're not worried about an embryo report. There is much less at stake than when you're actually going through IVF with the end result being pregnancy and healthy baby. And, you know, it's just not the same. So when you freeze your eggs, like you really don't get any information that would be useful as far as fertility goes, unless you just have a bunch of over mature or immature eggs. 
Yeah, probably not. Like, like this is you how many see, you got. Yeah, like, you have 12 mature eggs. Come back when you're 55, like, <sighs> Janet Jackson, wasn't she? Didn't she just have a baby She's at, like... 50, I think. Yeah. I mean, go for that, it, Janet. That's an age. <laughs> But yeah, yeah, so I think egg freezing is totally different than IVF, and I could see how it would be like a breeze. Yeah, right. And speaking of people's opinions on it, we have um, some advice from listeners that we're going to read next. Um, you guys came out big on this one, so we are <laughs> not reading everyone's comments, um, but we are going to read some of them because some of you had some... We asked you to say, like, if you were about to go through this again, what would you tell yourself? Or do you have any advice or suggestions for, you know, anyone who might be doing this soon? So the first couple, Sarah, I'll let you read these. This would be like um, <laughs> kind of what we were talking about with the anesthesia. These this two- was the most scary thing to me. Me too. Was it? Yeah, because like- there's... There's something about anesthesia that's like um, you have to relinquish complete control. Do you know what I mean? Like once you're completely sedated, you like that. There's just something scary about having absolutely no control over your body anymore or your mind. And so that's scary. That scares me because I'm a weirdo. Well, it does me too. And I try to hide it. (laughs) I'm a weirdo. This is why we're friends. Just a couple (laughs) of weirdos trying to hide it. (laughs) And you can't hide it, like, when you're under anesthesia. So I was like, what am I going to say while I'm under there? Because I could say something crazy that, like, I would never have said not under (laughs) anesthesia. Your subconscious comes alive. Yeah. Which is but actually what, um, Tra- I'll let you read it, but Tracy, Tracy has yeah. a funny story. So, uh, yeah. No, okay, I'll read Clara, you read Tracy. Clara okay. says, this is kind of what we're just talking about, the range of emotions you can feel right when you're waking up from the anesthesia is something she wished she had known. Um, after doing five retrievals, I always wake up crying and bawling my eyes out. The only thing that comforts me is hubby climbing into bed with me for a cuddle. After five or so minutes, I stop and feel back to normal. That makes Aww. me feel like crying. It's hard to cuddle in a hospital bed. So it he's is. a good man. Yeah, um, that's so sad. But then Tracy has kind of a funny story. Tracy says, this is kind of silly, but if you have anything on your mind prior to egg retrieval, you may come out of the anesthesia talking about it. <laughs> My retrieval was on a Sunday morning at the end of December. My football team, the Packers, were playing the Bears. Are the Bears from Chicago? Yes, (laughs) ma'am. The Bears. Winner made it to the playoffs. It was a huge game for us. I came out of anesthesia talking about it. (laughs) Wasn't quite sure it actually happened until later in recovery when my anesthesiologist walked by and said, Go Pack Go! (laughs) <laughs> we were in Massachusetts, so not a ton of fat Packers fans. It was very comical. Tracy, <clears throat> listen, as someone from Chicago, I'll put down my arms and we can be friends. But you know how that game went. I'm not going to say it on the podcast. I'm, I'm sorry for your loss. But I'm, that's all I'll say. <laughs> I do you remember anything from your retrievals like waking up from anesthesia? Yes, so but only because uh like as I asked Bill to record some of it and so he does have there's this clip of me right after like as I was waking up after the anesthesia was like kind of wearing off and I'm just mumbling complete gibberish. I'm just like, is it on video? <laughs> yeah, it's on video. It's we on. should insert both of our clips in here. I, I know at one point I said, I can feel it in my butt. And <laughs> <laughs> see, I said, because my family had all made bets about how many eggs we would get. Yeah. And my doctor had just come by and told us 
we got 19 eggs. And so I hear myself saying, my mama was right or something (laughs) like that. (laughs) My second retrieval, all I know is I must have been talking during. And then when they were willing me out, I was like, bye, Bob. (laughs) I think the anesthesiologist's name was Bob, but maybe not. (laughs) I mean, he was to you. That's what I named him. That's a funny story, though, Tracy. <laughs> like the, that is. The doctors. Go, Pat, go. I wonder, uh, it would be funny to see people under anesthesia. Anesthesia. Yeah. Okay, post-retrieval symptoms. Yeah. Uh, Laurel said, having never had anesthesia before, I was insanely nervous. The anxiety leading up to the retrieval was worse. I wish I had known that I was going to feel awful afterwards. I feel pretty good afterwards, so don't be scared. You might not feel awful. Right. feel good. Never know. You never know. I think maybe plan for the worst, but hope for the best kind of attitude is probably a pretty good one to take. Yeah. Um, Yeah. For example, Nancy also says, I wish I would have known how uncomfortable I would be for an entire week after the retrieval. We did a fresh transfer five days later, and I wish I would have advocated better for myself. That transfer resulted in a chemical pregnancy. I was so eager to finally get pregnant, I ignored what my body was telling me that I needed more time to heal. Which is very hard to do when you're trying to get pregnant. Um, but I wouldn't say that going right into a fresh transfer is the reason why no. she had a chemical pregnancy. And she didn't say that either. I edited some of hers because it was... Okay. You know, I, I we should... We I usually just didn't say want that. Nancy to feel like it was her fault. She it's doesn't. it's not her fault. She doesn't. She she inserted that clarifier, and now I should have. we should have just read her whole comment. <laughs> okay, that's fine. Okay. No, we do... So... We, yeah, sometimes we edit the comments just for the sake of time. But she, yeah. she did say, like, I don't know if that's why, but she thinks it's a possibility that she just wasn't ready. Uh, and she just needed more time to heal. But to your point, like, what we were just talking about with this Sheena person that I don't know, sometimes you bounce back and like people are like I felt great I could go to work the next day no big deal and then other people are like no I needed a full week until I felt normal and you just don't know how you're gonna feel so again prepare for the worst hope for the best yes yeah and get yourself a heating pad oh Sarah read my mind that's the Number one thing, I would say, heating pads for sure, and ask for Tylenol 3. You know, I le- I felt, like you, I felt great right after. Like, I didn't have any pain until several hours later, and then I definitely had some Ugh. discomfort, and that heating pad was, like, gold. I had a long drive home after, which mm. was the worst part, like, Right before we got home, like three minutes before we got home, I was like, we need to pull over right now because I'm in so much pain Oh, from the bumps in the road. And then we got home and I threw up immediately. Oh, oh, man. But then I felt okay after that. (laughs) Oh, I mean, I would say the average woman has some discomfort. I think it's rare that that people just completely bounce back the next day and they're like, totally normal like nothing ever happened no i think the other um i I mean i think it's somewhere in the middle like the other extreme of that is the person who has to like be in bed for the next week or develops a severe case of ohss those are the other extremes of that you know it's some just expect that you're going to have some discomfort for sure kelsey says she ended up with insane heartburn so i would expect i would she said that her Ari said it was due to her organs having no room for bloating. So that's an, you know, unfortunate side effect, basically, of, I mean, I don't know that she was overstimulated, but of just stimulation drugs. Maybe I didn't have heartburn. Maybe a but pregnancy for her? Yeah. <laughs> I didn't have heartburn, but it makes sense mm-hmm. because, you know, 
Um, she said also my RE had had me take Valium about an hour before retrieval. I didn't realize how bad it would impact me. So I told my husband to drop me off and go get himself some Starbucks. As soon as I stepped out of the car, I realized I could barely walk. It was quite a trip throughout the office building up to the fourth floor by myself. So <laughs> she probably went to the chocolate factory. Right. <laughs> she just ends She's up licking like... the wall. <laughs> The snowsberries taste like snowsberries. <laughs> <laughs> She's exactly. in the corner licking the wall, hallucinating. <laughs> Poor Kelsey. <laughs> uh, Miriam. Yeah. Well, uh, I, huh? I was just going to add, if you take Valium or some other kind of sedation type drug, yes, definitely have someone walk you to the where you need to be. Like, don't try to do anything by yourself after you take that. I didn't have a problem walking or anything with mine. With Valium? Yeah. I was pretty woozy. I mean, I I probably could have done it, but I would have been like, who's that crazy lady licking the wall? Like, that would, that would have been me. <laughs> I had it for hysteroscopy, and it didn't kick in until afterwards when I was at, like, PetSmart. Oh, well, that's was like, just poor timing. Floating around PetSmart having a good time. You're like, there were, it wasn't there just one dog? Now there's 1,500 dogs. <laughs> <laughs> like, I love you, doggies. Let's take them all home, Peter. <laughs> <laughs> Peter's like, no. no, no. <laughs> okay, these next two you can read together. Okay, Miriam said, I wish I had known how brutal retrieval could be. My first one went real smoothly and i had little to no pain my second one however left me bruised and extremely sore mm. i developed ohss and was in pain for weeks after retrieval Oof. wonder where she was bruised she mentioned like something stomach? about like they couldn't get to one of her ovaries and they had to like mash on her stomach to try to Oof. you know maneuver things that sounds painful yeah, it does. Brittany says the pain after if you get a high number of eggs retrieved. I thought I was dying. Couldn't take deep breaths. Couldn't breathe when I laid on my right side. Couldn't laugh from days two to four. Even with a Lupron trigger and freeze all cycle. Would hate to see what full on H O H S S is like. Yeah. Yeah. Um, as someone who had mild OHSS, I can relate to everything you just described. Uh, we're not going to talk about it now, but that is a, an episode that we are going to do on OHSS specifically. And yeah, it's it can be rough. And the only thing I would say about OHSS is to really pay attention to your symptoms. So if you are incredibly uncomfortable, if you're gaining a lot of weight... Um, if you have any kind of like, actually, I think Mandy talked about this in her minute with Mandy. So just pay no. attention to what she said. So like, just listen to Mandy. Just listen to Mandy. Don't listen to me. But pay attention to symptoms after an egg retrieval, especially if you got a lot of eggs. So, yeah. Um, Audrey says, I know that everyone recovers differently, but it took me a little while to bounce back. Even though the doc will likely say you're okay to back to go back to work the next day, don't beat yourself up if you're not ready. I was super tired and sore. And I think that's good advice. Because like I was saying earlier, mm -hmm. everyone's different and some people are fine, but some people are really not. And that is okay. Uh, everyone's situation is different. So these next few yeah. are about expectations after the egg retrieval. So we'll just kind of run through these quick so courtney says realistic expectations those numbers drop fast and that's okay it doesn't mean you won't get your miracle just because you go from 29 to 4 i assume she means 29 eggs to 4 embryos or something similar and alicia said something similar i wish i had had more info on the embryo rating system they just sent me a list with each embryo and gave me no numbers and two letters and she didn't know what they meant so <laughs> 
With hers, I might ask the doctor beforehand, what is your rating system like? What what does it mean when I get it? Like, what should, what they're does this mean? They're not all the same. They're not all the same. Like, mine was, mine said, oh, they're, they're excellent. I'm like, or good. I'm like, what does that mean? Yeah. <laughs> all these other people have, like, tons of numbers and letters behind their Theirs embryos. Theirs says 5AA. Yeah. The- yeah. What does that mean? You know? Yeah. So, and Courtney's right that. Um, keeping your expectations, um, yeah, realistic is a good idea because the number of eggs you retrieve is usually not the number of embryos you're going to have. Yeah, like I had 30 follicles and I think they retrieved 16 eggs or something along those lines. Yeah. So. Yeah, which is what someone else said that she thought it would have she she thought the number of follicles meant that's how many eggs I have, and that's not true. Yeah. No, I bet that's especially common with PCOS. Yeah. Um, so they're pretty much just saying they wish they had better managed their expectations, and Rachel said that. Right. Oh, I didn't even see. Yeah, sorry, I skipped that one, didn't I? Totally I wish I'd, I wish I'd known the number of eggs retrieved is usually less than the number of follicles. For me, I had four follicles. We retrieved two eggs. It would have saved a lot of heartbreak if I had better managed my expectations. Your egg expectations. <laughs> I thought you were going to say that earlier. I was waiting for it. <laughs> you know, like, I, scrolled, I scrolled too far, skipped over Rachel, but I didn't mean to, Rachel. It's not personal. <laughs> okay, the last one, which is a hard one (laughs) constipation oh a lot of people talked about constipation a lot of people are talking about their shit (laughs) yeah melissa says i was prepared to be sore but i was not prepared for how constipated i got off after my first retrieval even with drinking lot tons of water some gatorade and eating lots of protein my RE recommended using a suppository if needed the night before retrieval, and I didn't think anything of that. Two cycles after my first, I did another retrieval and made sure I was more prepared and avoid the constipation. Yeah, because you do not want to be constipated after you've had a giant needle go through your vagina wall and stab your ovaries 20 times. Right. Because your ovaries are sore up in there. They're just, everything is sore. Yeah. Angie said something similar. Well, kind of. I was advised to take a laxative, so she had a doctor tell her to take a laxative. The day before retrieval, I took a little more than the bottle advised. And then in all caps, do not do what I did. I was still feeling the effects the morning of retrieval. And that's, you definitely, you Definitely don't want to feel like you're about to have diarrhea right before someone puts you under anesthesia. <laughs> oh, man. What if you have it on the table? Oh, God, Sarah. Let's just paint a really disgusting picture for everyone. Sorry. No. Next. <laughs> no, her. This is the end of her comment, and I ended on this one because I thought it was solid. She said, also, the day before retrieval, set up your recovery nest, your bed or your couch, with extra pillows and water and remotes and books and snacks and a heating pad. That's an amendment from me and Sarah. Get that heating pad. Get that heating pad. Go ahead, figure out the series you'll binge on Netflix, stock up on Gatorade, coconut water, and high-protein snacks and meals. Do not make sudden moves. You need to be in sloth mode, slow and steady. I had 21 eggs retrieved. I was sore and bloated, but it subsided within a week. I thought that was, like, solid. Like, think about just take it easy the next day if you can, you know? I have – I came up with a recipe for, like, protein balls. Like, mixed recipes. Oh. But they would probably slightly help with constipation because they have flaxseed. Oh. They probably would. You know, maybe maybe you should share that in our Facebook group. Maybe I will. I definitely had a little constipation. I think it's very common in general with anesthesia. So I was going to say it's the anesthesia, right? Yeah, that's what's causing the constipation. So if you're worried about it, 
ask your doctor. I think I took, ended up taking like a multi, like between Colace and Senecot, which are like two over the counter supplements, drugs. I don't know. What are they Mm -hmm. that you can take for that? Like, I remember my um, nurse practitioner saying like, this one will get you moving and this one will keep you moving. And I don't remember which was which, (laughs) but (laughs) yeah. So constipation is a thing with, with, um, anesthesia. So look out for that for sure. But I think it's great to stock up on all that stuff and, oh, and the high protein snacks to your point is Mm -hmm. super important, especially if you're worried about overstimming. You really want to get that bloating down. You're worried about OHSS symptoms. As someone who had it myself, that was the only thing that gave me quick relief was tons of protein because it moves fluid out of your body. And Mm. I don't mean like, let me have a protein bar for breakfast. I mean, huge amounts of protein. So we can cover more of that in the episode we do on OHSS. So, but yeah. Yeah. Um, in So out of the box, we'll do this quickly since this episode is pretty long already, but um, we had someone share an article in the Facebook group about a man who had back pain. This poor man. And so to fix his back pain, he thought, <laughs> I'm going to inject myself with my own semen. And he did this once a month. For 18 wait, months. Wait, wait, Just let that hang in the air for a minute. Injected himself with his own semen to cure his back pain. Let's just but ponder he, that. <laughs> he injected himself in the arm. And this is the only instance, like, on record of someone injecting semen to cure something so this isn't even like an internet natural cure oh no (laughs) no one said hey inject yourself with semen and it will make you not hurt so the aftermath of this he had an abscess feel in his arm filled Filled with with semen like in an infection of course right I mean, listen, an abscess, yes, abscesses are disgusting enough on their own. And then you talk about a semen filled abscess. (laughs) That happened to burn when he was doing that. Like what, what was he thinking? But okay, he did it for 18 months. So that must mean that he somehow felt like it was working for a while the placebo effect we're we are laughing and making fun of it but clearly something is wrong with his mental health right look it says he he injected it both intravenously and intramuscularly using a hypodermic needle he bought online you can buy anything online you can buy anything online ugh I like how this article that I, that I, this is the one I linked in the, the thing I put on in Instagram. Um, and it's from the, it's just like, I don't know what the RT stands for, but it reminds me a little bit of the onion cause it's kind of snarky. So he, it just says the quote cure was 100% his own idea as well as his own manufacture. <laughs> and, and Developed without medical advice, he told doctors in the Dublin hospital as they presumably stared in disbelief. I'm just picturing all these men in white lab coats just staring at this guy like, what did you just say? (laughs) It's like I injected myself with semen. Yeah. And then they wrote... The patient's back improved enough while he was in the hospital hospital for him to uh, discharge himself without opting to have the abscess in his arm drained. Ew. All he the nurses it? are like, thank God we didn't have to drain the semen abscess. Ew. So gross. Yeah. So, I mean, I feel like this doesn't need to be said, but just in case... 
Guys, don't don't inject yourself with semen. It's not going to go well. Of any kind. Of any kind. I don't care how magical you think your semen is. Don't. It's not going to help you out. It's not going to cure your back pain. (laughs) And you'll probably end up with some sort of infection. Yeah. I mean, this sounds like something that maybe could have happened 500 years ago when people didn't know anything about, you know, like sperm and semen. I but don't know. It was like this week. <laughs> so how gross. Guys, don't inject yourself with semen. I feel like that shouldn't have to be said, but apparently it does. And this on is that why note, we can't have nice things. This is why. Yeah. If you have if you find any other just random one off crazy stories about semen or anything else, share them with us in our closed Facebook group called the Infertile Mafia. And if you want to join Infertile Mafia Bosses and Babies, that's where you go after you become pregnant after infertility. Um, Follow us on Instagram at Infertile Mafia Podcast. Feel free to send us an email to InfertileMafia at gmail.com. And of course, don't forget to subscribe, rate, and review this podcast to hear more talk about eggs and balls and stuff. And don't forget about our Resolve campaign where we are donating $5 Per review that we get in the month of January. Yeah, so thanks for everyone that's already done that. And uh, yeah, just thanks for your support. And I'm sure Resolve appreciates your donation as well. And as always, thanks for joining the Infertile Mafia. Bye. Bye.